Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. Hey, we want to kind of set us up to go into this new decade, this new year. And the way we're going to do that is talk about preparation um, and preparing our hearts for God to produce amazing, amazing things out of our hearts. Now, next weekend, you want to come back. We're going to be kicking off a, a church-wide fast. It's going to be an incredible experience, an incredible time, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, next week, but we do that uh, periodically as a church just to gear us up to prepare for what God wants to do. But today, I want to talk about of flourishing and preparing our hearts to allow God's word to penetrate our life in such a way that we flourish and produce great things with our life. I'm fully convinced because of God's word that not one of us is here uh, to not produce great things with our life. Did you come here today expecting God to deliver something into your heart so you can walk out of here and produce greatness? Come on. So if you have your Bibles with you today, uh, we're going to read a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to talk about that just a little bit. It's known as a parable in our Bible. It's an analogy uh, that Jesus used in order to bring out some truths about, about how to have a heart that is receptive and a heart where God can can do amazing things in, in our heart, in our life, and, and through our life. And so let's see what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13. We'll begin with verse 3. He says, listen. Everybody say, listen. That's, that's a good word right there. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and, and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. And Jesus says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then in case we didn't quite grab hold of Jesus's analogy and the story that he shared right there, he went on a little further in the passage and he interpreted the meaning of his story for us. So Let's see what he says about this story so we can understand and apply it to our life today. Matthew 13, verses 18 through 23. He says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer, uh, about the farmer planting seeds. He says, the seeds that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. They hear a message about the kingdom, the kingdom of God, but they don't understand it. He says, then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. 
The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but are too quick, uh, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. He says, the seed that fell on good soil, everybody say good soil. That's the, the soil I want to talk about today is the good soil. It says the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce, everybody say produce. So when the seed falls on good soil, it produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. And so I want to talk about preparing our hearts to produce something great through the word that God drops into our life. Now, every single week, we, we teach from God's word. We teach from the Bible. And the reason we drop these seeds, uh, God's word, is so that they can fall on our hearts and, and begin to root down and grow in our life so that our life can produce something with what's been dropped into our heart. In other words, that's what the word of God is for. It is, it is to be dropped into your life so that your life can produce the greatness that God has designed for your life to produce. And so when the word of God is dropped into our life, the condition of our heart, or as the, the story refers to it, the condition of the soil, it's using an analogy of our heart is, is like soil, then the condition of our heart really determines those great things that can be produced out of our life. And so I got to ask the question today is, is your heart good? Is the soil of your heart good? Is it, is it, is it prepared for God's word? Because the seed is always good. There's never a problem with the seed. Okay. But whenever the seed is dropped, our heart has to be conditioned in such a way to receive it for that that seed, that word of God to get into us so something great can be produced out of our life. And this is what I want to declare over your life for 2020, that God is getting ready to drop his word, his seed into your life so that your life can produce great things in this decade so that you can produce awesome things for God. God created you and me to produce awesome things. Now, what happens is lots of times life gets in the way. Things happen. There's blockades. There's things that, that cause the goodness of God's word that gets in our heart to, to, to stop from germinating and producing greatness. But in order to produce greatness, that means we got to prepare our hearts. So what I want to talk to you today is about preparing your heart. How do you prepare your heart for the seed of God's good word to get in it, to grow and flourish and do something, do something amazing. Now, soil preparation is everything whenever you grow plants. How many of you know that? I mean, it, it means a lot. There's people that visit our conference center over in Barefoot Resorts uh, 
quite often here at Barefoot Church. And as they go visit our conference center, they walk onto the front porch, and there's these, these monster plants, these incredible ferns that have been grown through a season. They hadn't even died yet because we hadn't even had any, uh, a real frost here yet, uh, that a killing kind of frost that have killed them back. But when people walk on our front porch over there and they see these incredible ferns, you're like, wow, them, them things are amazing. They're, they're, they look fantastic. Where, where, where did you get such awesome looking plants? Well, I just want you to know I'm the caregiver. Okay? That's pretty awesome. You should give me some accolades for that. Just, just teasing. But, but here's the reality of it is. That if you've never seen those ferns, you should stop by sometime and just check them out. They're amazing. Okay? But, but again it's not really about the plant as much as it is the condition of the soul and in the environment that the plant is planted in. You want to know what makes them awesome plants? It's, it's the, the, the condition of the soul. In other words, I didn't take those, those little baby ferns back in the day, back at the early part of spring, and just, just put them or leave them in a, in a small pot. I took them out of that pot and that, I, that I got them at the garden center from, and I, and I planted them in a much larger pot, a, a, an incredible pot that was full of this incredible soil, and then we nurtured them and we watered them, and guess what? They grew up, and, and they're simply amazing. They should be on TV somewhere. They're that, that awesome, okay? <laughs> but again, the reason they grew into being that awesome and produced such such great extravagant leaves, let's call it, is, is because, because of the soil and the environment. And what I want to share with you today is your heart, Jesus compares your heart, your, your life to, to soil. And again, his seed, his word is, it never fails, is is what the Bible said. His word never fails. It's always good. So we need to learn how to prepare or condition our heart, our soil, in order to receive that word for it to produce something amazing. And, and it's, it's no different than planting any, any sort of vegetation. It is, it is the soil you plant it in. And, and typically, if you want to grow something Magnificent and large, it is also the container you plant it in. In other words, what a lot of people don't understand about those ferns, yeah, they were $5 ferns when I put them in, in that soil, but I bought a $100 container to plant the plant in. Let, let me say that again. They were $5 plants, but I bought a $100 container to plant it in. It's a concrete planter that's porous. It, it lets the, the moisture out properly. You know you get a lesson on planting stuff today, did you? But it lets the moisture out properly, and, you know, it, it, it drains properly. Because if you, if you buy some plastic container, be sure to put some holes in the bottom of it. Because if you put water in that plastic container and it can't absorb into the air, it'll, it'll sit in the, 
and, and stunt the growth of the plant and keep it from, from growing. And a lot of people don't know that. They think, man, you know, it's wet. And, and why, you know, it, why isn't it growing? Because, because it's too wet. You know, you need to make a plant get a little thirsty sometimes. And the truth is, you need to be a little thirsty sometimes. Because it's the adversity that causes the root system to go down into this good soil and, and begin to look for the nutrients and, and the water it needs in order to grow. And so, again, I, I really think the container that you and I, our heart is planted in, is significant. It, it needs to be one that allows room for, for growth. It needs to be one that, that allows the seed of God to grow. And, and so what I want to say to you today is the environment you put yourself in. Is, is very, very significant to God producing a great thing out of your life. And, and so many of us, we want to isolate ourselves. And I, I need to tell you today, isolation is not the place for God's greatness to show up. It's, it's getting in a container, in an environment that, that you can be challenged in, but you can also have room to sprawl out and grow in. If if you take those little ferns you buy at the garden center, wherever you get them from, in, in the four-inch pot, and you leave them in the four-inch pot, guess what? They get about this big, and they don't flourish, and they don't grow, and they don't become magnificent because they've become root-bound in that pot, and there's, there's no room for them to expand. And so a lot of times, people, people don't produce with their life because they want to stay in a small pot. They, they, want to, they want to stay small. And honestly, God's kingdom, as you hear Jesus says, this is a story about the kingdom. God's kingdom is not about being small. God's kingdom is about growth. God's kingdom is about expansion. God's kingdom is about flourishing. And again, that's God's purpose for your life and my life is to flourish, to grow, to expand. But it's so that other people can know who God is and their life can grow and expand. And so what this story teaches us is God is looking for good soul to, to, to flourish his, his word out of, to, to flourish his, his goodness out of. And I do believe that there's a pathway to preparing our hearts or the soil for God's word to fall on and do something incredible out of. And so I want to show you this passage of scripture, a song that was, was written in Psalm 100, and it helps us understand how to prepare our hearts for God's word to, to fall in our hearts and produce greatness out of. Psalm 100 verses four and five says this. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. Everybody say good. The Lord is good. His word is good. His word never fails. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues 
to each generation, in each decade, down through the ages. And so what I need to declare today is God is looking for soil, for his good word to fall into so that incredible greatness of who he is can be produced. But the pathway of preparing our heart or preparing the good word to fall on our hearts is, it says here in this passage, is through the gates of thanksgiving. Now, the writer here is using an analogy, and he's referring back to the tabernacle that Moses put together in the wilderness. And the tabernacle where the people would meet with the presence of God, had, it had a gate, and you would enter through one gate and you would go into a court of, 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 of meeting. You would go into a court. Then you would enter into you know, another gate and then eventually you would enter into the Holy of Holies. And so there was a way from, from the outside in to the very essence and presence of God for God to meet with the high priest in that particular day and do something significant. But the writer says, enter the gate with thanksgiving. And, and so... I wrote this in my journal. I, can, I need to, to thank God privately, but I need to praise him publicly. Where did I get that from? Yes, you can thank him publicly. You can praise him privately. But in order for God to produce something amazing out of your life, there's this personal thankfulness that you have towards God for who he is. And when you enter into his amazing presence, if you want him to drop the seeds of the good word on your heart and it begin to germinate and grow and flourish and do something amazing, then, then enter into, into his gates, into his presence with thanksgiving. When's the last time you woke up with thanksgiving on your heart? I'm talking about before your feet hit the floor. I'm talking about before you worried about getting your cup of coffee. I'm talking about before you thought about brushing your teeth or saying, hello, good morning, honey. When's the last time you woke up and your eyes popped open and you said, I am thankful because God's mercies are new every morning. When's the last time you thank God that way? Because, because see, this is the pathway of knowing God and allowing the good word of God to get in your heart, germinate and do something amazing. And most people sit idle and they never see God do the amazing a hundred times more than the word dropped in their heart because they don't come with a heart of gratitude and thankfulness towards God. And I'm inviting us to be a church that enters his gates with thanksgiving. To say, God, you know what? Every morning I'm thankful. Despite of what happened yesterday, I'm thankful because I know the path and I know the gate. And I am thankful for the one who called himself the gate. And his name is Jesus. And because of Jesus, because he is the gate of my life, and he has made a way for me to enter into your amazing presence so I can get a download from you and I can flourish in spite of all that's going on outside of the gates and all the circumstances. God, I'm thankful. Are you thankful for Jesus today? Come on, somebody. This is, and again, I really think that that doesn't 
always have to be something public that's private. When's the last time you didn't wake up worrying? But you woke up thankful. You didn't go to bed worrying about yesterday or tomorrow or when this is going to happen. But you just, you woke up thankful because this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. See, that's a thankful heart. And my friends, a thankful heart is is. It's preparation for God to do the amazing. I really think we should start off our year, our decade, with, with great thankfulness. But, but again, that's, a, that's an attitude of thankful for who Jesus is and the door that he's opened for you to enter into God's amazing, amazing presence. Be thankful for it each and every day. But he says... I'm not only thankful as I enter the gates, I enter into his, his courts with, with praise. Now, the courts were public places. It was where, where all the people, as they come through the gate, they, they would gather together. And, and the praises would, would be like a stadium. Come on, somebody. And it would be all of God's people not just being thankful, but, but praising his name for who he is. It, it was kind of like ringing the doorbell. To tell God to get off the couch because we are here to meet with him. See, I wonder if our heart's attitude is that kind of praise where, you know, like we praise whenever the team runs out on the field, no matter which tiger they are, we, we praise them. Come on. And, and we cheer and we holler. And that's the kind of heart that God's looking for. But again, it's not just a, a voice. We, we set the environment. Praise sets the environment. Praise is different than worship. I mean, I know that we oftentimes talk about praise and worship as we talk about songs, but there's praise. And praise is accolades towards the one who changes our life. And it's a public atmosphere you do it in. Yeah, you can praise God and sing a praise song in your Chevy S10, that's awesome. But there's something amazing that happens. Whenever you put God's people together in the courts and praises go up to this great God because it's calling on the name of God. We're here to meet with you. And my Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so literally what that means is, is whenever we open our hearts up as, as, a, as a group, as a corporate group, as a family, and we praise our great God, God comes in and inhabits his people and does the amazing. So, so you need to get yourself in 2020 in an environment of praise. Because it's preparation for God to do the amazing. You got to open up your heart. I don't care if you sing off key. Just sing anyway. Come on, somebody. And praise God. Praise him in the mornings. Praise him in the evenings. 
Praise him when you get up. Praise him when you go to bed. Praise him when you get with the people of God. Because I'm telling you, praise is like the door. Yes, God is always on time. God is always magnificent. God is omnipresent. He is anywhere. But the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And I believe when his people ring praises up, it's like ringing the doorbell at somebody's front door. God gets off the couch and says, I am here to meet with my people, do something, inhabit my people, work my word in their heart, and produce something great out of their life. It's a pathway. It's a pathway, my friend. Make a commitment. 2020, decade of thankfulness. Decade of praising God weekly with his people. Which leads me to the last thing. If you really want God to produce amazing things with his word, his word is a seed. It's planted in a heart that's prepared. It's is create, create the right environment, the right, the right container. And again, man, you know, we live in a world full of technology. I think it's amazing. There's people that view us online. Most people view us online before they ever come into this place. But, but I got to declare to you today, those who flourish are, are rooted down in something significant. And, it, and the Bible refers to it as the house of the Lord. So, so, so what is the house of the Lord today? It's his people. It's, it's his church. And honestly, it's a, it's a unique group of people. It's not just the global church. I, I think the global church is amazing. But, but see, the thing is, is you can't flourish by just being a part of the global church. You gotta be a part of local. You gotta be a part of of rubbing your gift up beside of somebody else's gift so that they sharpen up and together those gifts flourish because God is into the team business. He's into putting us together to flourish. He's into us making a commitment, planting ourselves down in the face of the adversary, rooting ourselves down and committing to being a part of his house. Most people want to flourish. My Bible says, those who plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. Let let me read it to you. It's found in in Psalm, what is it? Psalm 92, verses 13 and 14. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That means among God's people. They shall bear fruit in old age. Come on, somebody. They shall be fresh and flourishing. See, I I think this says a whole lot about commitment. And I need you to know that, again, when you plant these little plants in 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 fresh soil and you plant these plants in a, a new container, if those plants could think for themselves, they would oftentimes get themselves out of that container and move to a different container. And let me tell you why. Because they need a certain amount of heat 
pressure. They need a certain amount of liquid water. They need a certain amount of thirsting. Because it's this, this adverse conditions that make the plant send the root system down and begin to search out for the nutrients and what it needs in order to grow. And your life is no different. Because when adversity comes, when something comes that you don't like, can you imagine that plant? Like, I'm sitting out in the hot sun two hours today. I don't like it here. I want to get in the shade. Yeah, but if you don't get some sunshine, you're never going to flourish. Look, I, I don't like being in this pot. He hadn't watered me in a week. Yeah, because if I put too much water on you, you're going to flip and drown. Listen to me. If a plant could choose to get out of its pot, out of its container, out of its environment, and move to another one, it would not flourish. Because if you keep uprooting something, it's no way that it can root down and suck in what it needs in order to become what it needs to become. This is the analogy for your life, my friend. Those who plant themselves in the house of the Lord, regardless if you like it or don't like it, this ain't golden corral. <laughs> and if you want to flourish, guess what? You have to decide to commit your life to a group of God's people. And it's not just the global church. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? I'm all for the global church. Hear me out. We plant churches around the flipping world. We plant them in every tribe, every tongue, every nation. I'm for it. But I, you know, I'm, I'm for people flourishing in the Lord too. And the only way I know how to tell you to flourish is, is to plant yourself in the house of God so that you can root yourself down. You can find the nourishment you need. You can give off the nourishment you need and you can grow and together we flourish. So you got to make a commitment to the house of God, to the people of God. I say this oftentimes at Barefoot Church. People say, well, you know, I, I just, that, that, that place, I don't know if I want to go there because there's different kinds of people there. There's some crazy people there. <laughs> and I, I look at them and say, look, that don't keep you from going to Walmart. <laughs> You know, all of that, all that sharpens things up, makes things better. Because, you know, that crazy woman with the coupons in the coupon line at Walmart that you're like, dude, she needs to get off of that. She's been standing there hours. She's been looking through the magazines for 30 minutes trying to save a nickel. Anybody know who I'm talking about? <laughs> that craziness is what invented the self-checkout line. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So here's the good news. If you and I root ourselves down in spite of the craziness, we may become innovative and do something amazing for God because of the craziness that's around us. We got creative, innovative together and did something amazing for God. And so it is amazing. You just got to make a commitment. And it's not who they are. Commitment is who you are. 
And if you want to flourish with the good word of God, because God's word is always good. Enter into his presence with amazing thanksgiving. Come through his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts, into his meeting place with his people with great praise. Something happens when I begin to praise God. I do not literally praise God. My focus shifts. And I start knowing how great he is in spite of how fallible I am. I start knowing how amazing he is in spite of what I did last week. He's a good God. And then I've got to make a decision that I'm here to live out a biblical life. And the way God is working his kingdom in this world is through the local church. And I am here to receive help from you. And you are here to receive help from me. Because we're here to help each other. And I think it's time as we move into a new decade to make a commitment. There's a lot of things that can snatch the good word away. There's a lot of worries, a lot of distractions. Jesus talked about that in this passage. But he says, the good soul is where my word will root down. And it'll sprout up and it'll produce greatness. Why don't you just make a decision this decade, the year 2020, that I'm going to create and have a heart of amazing soul. So every week I come into this place, I'm going to offer myself up as a living sacrifice. I'm going to be thankful to God. I'm going to praise our great God. And I'm going to commit to the house of God for 52 weeks. And whatever I can do, I'm going to get there to get my encouragement. And I'm going to go there to give encouragement. Because it says in the book of Romans that we're here to help each other. My friend, God didn't leave us on this journey to do it alone. And I know sometimes life is very, very difficult. But we have to make the decision. No one can make it for us. And, and the condition of your heart can be shifted this decade. It doesn't have to be hard any longer. It doesn't have to be choked out by all the cares of the world any longer. It doesn't have to be, you know, overrun by shallowness. No, no, no. God's a good God. The seed of his word is good. It's always good. But my friend, will you submit your heart, your life to this great God and let him cultivate your life this year? This could be the most prosperous year you've ever experienced. This could be the most flourishing moment you've ever had in your entire life. But prosperity and flourishment comes from rooting yourself down in the things of God and God's vehicle, which is the local church, to carry out his amazing plan. I got to declare to you today, there is no plan B. There's only one plan. And the book of Ephesians says it's through the church. Christ is the head. And you and I 
are the arms, the hands, and the feet. But the question is, will you connect yourself in such a way that we flourish? Because you know what? This isn't about an individual flourishing. This is about a family flourishing. This is about a community flourishing. This is about all of us flourishing together. And my friends, God is in this moment. But why don't you take a moment and let's pray and you submit your heart to thanksgiving, praise, and commitment to his house. Let's pray. God, you're an amazing, amazing God. I pray for every person here underneath the sound of my voice. God, if they're from another house, they're from another place, another community. God, I pray, I pray they would find that home. God, they would root themselves down with your people. And God, they would commit to being thankful daily as they wake up. And God, they would gather in your courts with your people. And God, they would lift their praises. They would cheer for you, Jesus, like you're the world heavyweight champion. You're the national champions. God, would you fill stadiums with the praises of your people this year? God, would you elevate our, our family and our community in such a way that, God, each person, each mother, each child, each single person, God, each father would wake up in the mornings and be thankful for the amazing life you have given us through Christ Jesus. God, may we forsake all others and God, connect our heart to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus, the risen one. And may we sing our praises and open our heart in what you do, the amazing. God, I see arenas filled. I see stadiums filled. With people lifting their voice and praising you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. May we be a church that lets our praise go first. May we do the battle with our praises. God, may we be committed to the local church, rooted in, working together with you, King Jesus. We pray this in your name today. Amen. We hope you were encouraged, motivated, and inspired today by the message. And again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there. But go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.